Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. So I was kind of tricked into this. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, by the way. So in January, George was making the calendar, and um, he was like, babe, I'm, I'm lining up the guest speakers um, for who was preaching for the year. Do you want to speak on Mother's Day? And I was like, nope, no way. I don't want to speak. Do not put me on your calendar. And he was like, Okay. And then I'm like, I'm not preaching, I'm not speaking, and I'm in their office with PK and George, and I'm like, I am not speaking. I will share something for five minutes, but I am not speaking. <laughs> and um, there, and PK is like, you, you will. And I'm like, Yo, Yoda, stop. And, J- and George is like, you guys, you will. And I was like, no, I am not. So I am not speaking. <laughs> today. This is me not speaking. So I've been on this journey for, for, on a journey for like the last year and a half or so. And um, it's been a journey that um, it's been new to me. And because uh, I don't normally struggle with fear. I'm normally a faith person. And for the last year and a half, I found myself kind of battling that, and um, and I was like, okay, God, what are you doing here? Um, so a lot of times, especially moms, um, Happy Mother's Day. I don't know if I, I don't remember if I said that or not, but Happy Mother's Day again. I want to address you guys, but I want to address everybody as a whole because um, I've believed that there's men in here who need to hear this as well. But I've been on this journey and. Normally, I'm the type of person that when um, an attack comes, I'm, like, quick to just pray about it and brush it off. And this kind of attack, I don't even want to say it was an attack, but it was like this fear just kind of kept coming and coming. And I was like, Lord, I, I got set free from this that I encountered years ago. Why am I struggling with this? Why am I struggling with this? I'm stronger than this. And then the Lord reminded me it's because you were trying to do it in your own strength. And a lot of times as moms, we go, we go, we go, we get hit, and we're like, there's no time to stop and get healed. We got to keep going. We got to keep going. We got to be strong. We get hit. We got to keep going. We got to keep going. And so I entered this season where I was like, okay, I'm going to, so my motto has been do it scared, but do it. (laughs) So for the last year and a half, I've been doing it scared but doing it and just walking through this. And one of the things that I had, that one of the steps was I quit my job. I had been at my job for 13 years and I quit my job. I was really stressed and I was getting lots of headaches and I was like, okay, God, I don't know how we're going to do it on one income, but I'm just going to believe and trust you because I'm on this trust journey. And so I quit my job and All of a sudden, I began to have, like, anxiety attacks. I was supposed to quit my job. I'm on this faith journey, and then I'm, like, getting anxiety attacks, and I'm, like, what in the world is this? This is new. This is foreign to me. And if you've ever struggled with an anxiety attack, you feel like you're going to die. And there were so many times where I was, like, okay, God, I'm going to breathe. I'm going to breathe through this. I'm going to release it to you. And the Lord was, like, just release it. And I kept thinking that I was releasing it, but... Just doing that little brush off and you keep walking kind of deal, releasing it. Until one day, I was like in my kitchen and I was listening to Karen Wheaton. 
and she was talking about putting a chair and she was battling with a bunch of stuff with unforgiveness and fear. She was battling with a lot of stuff and she put a chair in the middle and she said she knelt down in front of that chair and envisioned Jesus there and she just cried out to him and said, take this away, take this burden. And so in my kitchen, I did that. I took my dining table and I said, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I don't have the strength and I don't want to be strong anymore. I want to be strong in you. And I just began to just like weep and I, I remember from that like it was just like this load just lifted like God was saying you don't have to be strong you don't have to carry this burden I am carrying this burden for you I defeated this already and now you have to release it to me and I had seen a movie and that's what kind of brought the revelation to me um there was like the second Wonder Woman where she's like um gets hit and she's actually bleeding and she's like what is this? <laughs> I bleed. And a lot of the times we think we're so strong that when we bleed, we're like, this is so foreign. But no, that's the time when you reach out and you say, listen, I am bleeding and I need help. That I am bleeding and you have to recognize it because so many times as moms, we brush it off. We put a little bit of, you know, whatever on it. And then we brush it off and we're like, no, but God is saying, I want you to release that today. I want you to release it. It's okay to bleed because when you bleed, I can heal you. So I wanted to encourage you guys today. So again, I started to, so I like to do things differently. And so I went, I was, um, did it, we didn't want to do the flowers this year for Mother's Day because they die. And, you know, they just do. They die. Like, especially in my house. They just die. Um, and the following day is like, this flower looks just so sad. So I was um, looking through Google and I typed in, um, and this is where I got tricked, guys. I was like, you set me up, Lord. <laughs> I was Googling and I was like, Mother's Day gives for churches. And if you look in your, um, in your baggie that you got this morning, there's a mirror and it says, the woman God sees. And the minute that I saw that mirror, it was like, poof. And I was like, oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> and... The Lord reminded me of the time when I used to teach the fearfully and wonderfully made message at the encounters. And I was like, oh, I gave that message up a long time ago, Lord. Like, we, that was at Ohab days. Like, that was remnant youth days. I don't want to deliver this. And he kept, like, putting this on my heart. And he's like, remember, you're on this do it fear, afraid, but do it anyway. And so I was like, so I told George, I was like, I will share. So we had the staff vote. I picked out like four different gifts because, again, I was tricked. So, um, like, I literally tried to just get out of it. And we picked out four different gifts. And George was like, I'll have the staff vote. And, of course, you guys see the, what, the gift the staff picked without me. I wasn't there. So, anyways, so that's been my journey. So I want to show you. Um, hold on. So, sorry, I just, I want, I'm like trying to process it all. This has been my journey. So I want to talk to the moms that have been in here. There's different types of moms in here. There's your new mom, that you're the first time mom. You're excited. 
about your new baby, but you're also nervous. I remember the first time I brought Jonathan home from the hospital. At the hospital, like you're like super mom and your baby is like not breakable. But then when you bring him home, you're like, what do we do now? Like it's in the car seat and you're like, I remember staring at Jonathan. I'm like, I want to go back to the hospital so the nurses can tell me what to do. And it was like, that was the starting journey of motherhood. You're excited, but you don't know exactly what to do, and you want to make sure you do everything right, but that's really impossible because you are, you, you, you're, you're not going to do everything right. You will make mistakes. But then we put that pressure on us to, you know, to do everything right. There's the single moms out here who you're trying to keep it together because you, you're just, just you. There's the mom with experience that I call the mom with experience, like me, where you have grown kids, but they're still in your house. And then there's the empty nesters, that they're no longer in your, under your roof, but, hold on, my page didn't want to turn. But you wonder, did you do enough while they were under your roof? You wonder, did I, did I cook enough for them? Or did I show them enough? Or did I spend enough time? So, see, every mom has has felt like they've fallen short a time or two. And there have been times, especially with me, with my boys, that I would say, thank you, Lord, that tomorrow is a new day. Please help me do better tomorrow. Especially when I was potty training. Oh, those days were so hard. And there were some days where I would be there crying with them because I'm like, God, thank you for the tomorrow. We'll be closer to potty training because this was a rough day. And so I've been on this journey, and I always thank the Lord for my boys, and Jonathan was a promised child. So it's funny that George was talking about Abraham, because Jonathan was a promised child. When we got married, um, I had a timeline that I told the Lord, okay, I don't want to have kids until we're married for four years, and I want to have a house. And I made, like, this whole list of stuff that I wanted, and I wanted a baby, and we started trying for a baby, and I did not get pregnant. And I kept try- we kept trying, and I did not get pregnant. And everybody else around me, it was like, oh, at that time, it was like PC had poured something in the water. I don't know. But everybody was getting pregnant but me. And I, like, I had a friend, like, her husband just sneezed, and she was pregnant. Like, it was, like, it was crazy. And I'm like, what in the world? Here I am. And I remember we, George went to speak somewhere. And there was this prophetess named Jennifer McKeezy. And we were in the parking lot and we were talking. And she turns to me. Now, she didn't know anything because I only share the stuff that I share is between George. Sometimes George doesn't even know the conversations that I have with the Lord. And so he doesn't. And so, um, so she turns to me and she goes, why are you worrying? And I'm like, what? And she was like, why are you worrying? And I'm like. Worrying about what? She was like, you are not barren, and you will bear forth a child. So stop worrying it because it will happen in God's time. And I was like, okay. And so after that word, you know, you receive a word, and then you're like, yes, tomorrow is going to happen. <laughs> and so months, hap- months went by, and it didn't happen. And I was crying, and I was like, okay, God. And then we happened to, to go back to that that church again I don't know we met her somewhere we were in the parking lot again and then she turned again and she was like didn't I tell you to stop worrying and I was like okay (laughs) I get it and so from that moment on I was like okay Lord 
I got it. I'm going to be peaceful now. I'm not going to worry about it. I get pregnant with Jonathan. Then we're at Universal Studios. I'm super excited about um, now I'm finally pregnant. We got that positive pregnancy test. We announced it at Remnant. Remnant had just started, like, the youth group part of it. We announced it. We're super excited. We're at Universal Studios because we were doing some type of, what was it called? Outreach, some generation, something, something. I don't remember what exactly it was called. But anyways, at Universal, I go to the bathroom and I start spotting. So I'm like, God, you promised this baby to me. And then now, with that, when you see the spotting, you're like, that is this fear comes in your heart. Like, you gave, you gave me this promise and now you're ready to take it away? And so I began to cry, and we're leaving Universal, and that was like the longest walk of my life. And George is calling Pastor Carlos, and Pastor Carlos, I'm crying, and Pastor Carlos wants to talk to me. And I will never forget these words. I'm on the phone, and I'm like, hello, and I'm like, (laughs) and Pastor Carlos goes, Janice, stop. And I was like, okay. He goes, you will give birth to a healthy baby. You will not miscarry. You will carry forth this life. And I was like, okay. And I, somehow I got this piece. We went to the hospital. Jonathan was fine. Obviously, he's here. <laughs> 18 years later, he's here. But God has walked me through this promise. So I want to show this first picture. Can you show this picture, the, the first one of me? So this picture of me was last year. And this is a, um, a thing that I had to walk out. And also a, um, a trusting thing because Jonathan wanted to play lacrosse. And this is a picture of me at Jonathan's first game. So now when Jonathan came home at ninth grade that he wanted to play lacrosse, he goes, Mommy, I want to play lacrosse. Can I play lacrosse? And I was like, sure. And Janet goes, what? You won't let him be playing football and you're going to let him play lacrosse? And I was like, wait, hold up. What is lacrosse? I've never seen lacrosse before. What is lacrosse? Why are you reacting that way? And then... I saw how lacrosse was played, and I was like, (gasps) I said yes to lacrosse. And so we went to the first game. This kid literally, not on our team, got knocked out with, like, a stick to his throat, like, right in front of me. And he's, like, laying there, and I'm about to cry because I'm like, Jonathan's about to play next. Is this going to happen to Jonathan? And I was like, and I'm sitting there crying. I'm sitting on a little cooler because we were amateurs, and I didn't have a chair. And we're sitting there, and I'm, like, praying. And I'm like, God, please don't let the coach put Jonathan in. Please don't let the coach put Jonathan in. Please don't let the coach put Jonathan in. And George is over there going, if Jonathan's not playing, then I'm not going to watch the game. And I'm like, (laughs) and I'm like, I don't want Jonathan to play. And so after that game, I took Jonathan in the car and I was like, we're never coming back to this game ever again. Like, you're, I will let you play whatever the sport. I will go support you in whatever sport you play, but I will not watch you play lacrosse. Again, getting tricked. So, I w- so this picture, I've, um, Jonathan, so Dan, you guys know Dan Spaghetti, Big Dan? He came, and he had a conversation with, with Jonathan. And he invited us, again, I was tricked, um, to his house, and he did a barbecue. And thank God for friends that will be bold enough to tell you when you're about to make a mistake and not care if they mess up the friendship or not because they love you that much. So Dan is barbecuing, and he goes, Janice. And I'm like, and he goes, I have to talk to you about something. You know how he is. And he's like, you might get mad at me, but that's okay. And I was like, 
all right? Like, I'm bracing myself. And his wife is like, don't, don't say it. He, she was like, no, because as a mom, she's about to make a mistake, and I'm not going to allow her to do that. And I was like, okay, fine. Tell me. Tell me what it is. And, and then he was like, I had a conversation with Jonathan, and he really wants to play lacrosse. But because he honors you and loves you, he's, he's, he's willing to put his dreams and desires on hold because he wants to honor you more. But I want to warn you that if you do that, it could build a resentment in him because of that. It could put, and I was like, but I'm scared. I don't want him to get hurt. And I will never forget what he said. He goes, you trust God with everything else. Why can't you trust him with Jonathan playing? And I was like, okay, fine. So I came home and I was like, Jonathan, you could play. Now, Jonathan had been practicing with his lacrosse stick and his ball. He would throw the ball on the roof and bring it down. And I was okay with that as long as he wasn't making any contact with anybody else. So that picture was me at Jonathan's first game. That game, I was like, it was so cold. That's what you see. We had to wear masks because that's what they required you to do. You had to wear a mask. But at that point, I was, it was keeping my face warm. It was the coldest day Florida ever decided to have. It was raining. And that's why I have a poncho. And I'm sitting there with my umbrella because I was like, Lord, I am trusting you with my boy. And so that, I snapped this picture because I'm like, so I text George and I'm like, I'm here. I'm scared out of my life, but I am here. And I, every day, I went. Every day, every game, I was there. Whether it was raining, whether it was hot, whether it was cold, I was there. So have you ever been afraid to say, you know, yes to something and then glad you did after? That was me. So I've seen, I've been, I've, I was a lot, I went through this journey when the season was over. Can you put the second picture up? This is Jonathan, number seven, the blue. I snapped that picture because that was Jonathan's last game. At his last game, I, had, I, I was like, I'm going to miss this. Guys, I went from no, you're not playing to knowing how to do it. George was sitting next to me and I was telling him. I was like, yeah, they got to cross the line and this is the rules and this is this and this is that. Like knowing what to do. I went from saying no, you will not do this to I'm going to miss watching my son play on that field. And 2020 and 2021 stole a lot from our kids. Had I said no... That was the only thing Jonathan had looked forward to in his school year because everything else had been taken away from him. Had I allowed fear and the decision, like George talked about last week, decisions, because I was afraid that he would get hurt, he would have missed out on that opportunity. And then our last moment, will you put that third picture up? I'm bawling at this point. Because my son made it through the season. He had an amazing time, and he's walking to the bus, and he fulfilled one of his dreams that day. It was not really a dream, but a desire, and I snapped that picture as he's walking there because I was so proud, and I was sad that it was over. I was like, I'm really going to miss this game. And that is what I wanted to talk to you about today. You guys, there's people in here who are afraid to make a decision. You're afraid to step out. You're afraid to mess up. But 
in the stepping out is where God meets you the most. So, again, I've been on this journey in December of this year, uh, well, 2021, sorry, December 2020 hasn't come yet, but um, I was hit with another storm, with another trial. I went to the doctor. I went to go get an MRI, and I go get my results, and I, when I go to the doctor, I never sit on the examination room because I don't like to sit there because I don't feel like I'm a patient. I'm just here just for you to tell me that I'm okay. So I always sit in a chair. And so I walk in, and he's asking me all these questions, and he, he's like, because there was a result of something that they were showing on my MRI, and they wanted to go over the results with me. And so he's, like, making small talk, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. He goes, you're here because you want your results, right? I'm like, yep, just, just tell me them. That's it. Like, just, let's stop the small talk. And he's like, okay, let's go to the office and whatnot. And he goes into, he's reading on his computer, and he's like, well, they saw an abnormality in your MRI. They saw you have herniated disc in your neck, blah, 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 but they saw an abnormality with your bone marrow in the MRI. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And he's like, um, well, sometimes these things come back benign. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean still? And he was like, well, we're just going to hope and pray for the best, and we'll just have to send you to a hematologist. And I'm like, still, like, what does that mean? And he goes, we don't know. And I'm like, Okay. So I go home, I Google, which is the worst thing you do. I Google, and I read what it says, and I was like, so now I allow fear to enter my heart again. And so for two days, I cried, and I, was, I felt like I couldn't pray, I couldn't read scriptures, I couldn't do anything because I felt like I was just hitting a wall. And then I happened to be scrolling through my phone, and I see a thing about the storm at Galilee, and so I click on it because it just popped up. And if you look at this, this Sea of Galilee, it's really not a sea, it's a lake. And it's below sea level. And the water is usually really calm. It's like bath water. And so we always read about Jesus and the disciples. Um, so we're going to read that, being at the sea. So can you put Matthew chapter 8, I mean 23 to 27 up? And I'm just going to read it from the screen. Now, when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. So, hold on. Maybe this was not a good idea. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So I started watching this video, and I was, like, out of nowhere, the end said, Jesus is going to, like, Jesus will calm your storm. And all of a sudden, I had this great peace come upon my heart. Now, when we look at this, the disciples were on this boat. They didn't mind Jesus sleeping on this boat because the water is normally calm at the sea. So it was okay for him to sleep, right? But then the minute that the waves start to come up, it's not okay for Jesus to sleep anymore on this boat. And, and if you look in Luke, it's, they say, do you care that we're perishing when the waves were crashing? And that's when Jesus gets up and rebukes them. But I started looking at that like, God, have I allowed you to sleep on my boat? Have I allowed you to sleep in my circumstances? Have so many times as Christians we get so um, complacent that 
we slack here or we slack there and we allow Jesus to sleep on our boat until the storm comes or a wave comes and then all of a sudden we're like, Lord, we're crying out and we're ready to wake him up. But we've allowed him to sleep in those situations. Instead of staying fervent in prayer and staying fervent. And so I was like, forgive me, Lord, for I allowed you to fall asleep in certain areas of my life because I was doing it in my own strength. Now the disciples are saying, do you care that we're perishing? Sometimes we're like crying out to God, God, do you care? Do you care that this is happening in my family? Do you care that this is happening to my children? Do you care that this is happening at my job? Do you care that this is happening in my, my marriage? And he's like, yes. He cares. He cares so much. And so I stumbled, like, in the, in the whole entire process of me just trusting God and everything, I stumbled across the scripture. Like I said, these scriptures were just, like, popping up. Like, God was just, just like, just encouraging me. And I want to read Isaiah 41, 9 through 10 because I want to encourage you that he is with you in this storm. If you've allowed him to fall asleep, you say, today, Lord, I ask you to wake up in this area. Wake up in this area. Wake that up inside of me. So, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions and said to you, you are my servants. I have chosen you and I have not cast you away. Fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So, when we're feeling like this boat is rocking and we're feeling like the waves are coming in, we need to stand up tall and say, God, you are with us. You are with us and you will uphold us and you will give us the strength that we need because he loves us. Amen. So... We just need to stand firm again, like I said, on his promises. Do not allow the storm around you to dictate what you're feeling, to dictate your dreams, to, to dictate what you're doing. Because storms are going to come. Storms come in Florida all the time. We're getting ready to hit rainy season. Do we stop driving? Do we stop going outside when it rains? No, we just grab an umbrella to cover us. It's time for us to pick up our umbrella, which is the Lord, and just start proclaiming his word. And stand firm on his promises. And I just want to encourage you guys as moms. I feel like there's some moms in here that your natural eyes see your child as a wayward child. Or see your child not the way that you want them serving the Lord. Or that sees your child going in a different direction, stand firm. Do not allow your eyes to put thoughts in your mind, but allow your eyes to see them the way that God is seizing them. The woman that God sees, allow your eyes to see them serving the Lord, walking in their promises, fulfilling their promises, but do not allow the waves into your boat. Now, I want to show um, this last because I'm, I'm done um, after this, I want to show this last video. Now, um, this is a video. That I stumbled across this again. Um, and it just spoke to me. God speaks to me through pictures and through videos. As you can see, I'm a very visual person. And um, I saw this video and I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. So this is a video of a bird. 
if you, you can look it up on YouTube at different angles, but this bird had laid eggs. And there's a tractor, a farmer coming. And you don't see it in this video, but you see it in a different video. You can look it up. Um, and the bird starts like, beep, 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 and cut, like, because she had eggs that she was protecting. And she was alerting the farmer, like, back down, because I'm here, and you're not about to run over my babies. And so look at this video, and I want you to see the boldness that this bird has. She was like, why you dare touch me? But you see this bird, that tractor, that bird was no match for that tractor. And that, tra that bird was like, this is my dreams. These are my babies. These are my desires. I'm going to stand, spread my wings over it, because no matter what comes over me, I am still going to cover this, because these will hatch. I, these will have purpose. These will have life. And that is what I challenge you today. Be like that bird. Maybe you feel like there's a giant tractor coming over you, like that bird did. But that bird didn't flinch at all. It didn't flinch. She was just kind of like, she probably didn't know what in the world was going to do. There's blaze. There's everything. But she was like, no matter what, my, she believed her, her wings were strong enough and big enough to cover those baby eggs. So when you look at yourself, I want you to look at yourself like this, the woman that God sees. Not the woman with the flaws. Not the woman that messed up. Not the woman that is a single mom. Not the woman that wishes they could have done better or, you know, guys, you're still alive. You're still alive. You can still make decisions and make changes. It's not the end. So when you look at yourself and you open up this mirror, I want you to see the woman that is victorious, the woman that is bold, the woman that is strong, the woman that is loving, the woman that is life-giving, not only by her womb, but by her words. A warrior, because he delights in you, and that's the scripture. So happy Mother's Day to you. Praise the Lord. I, I want you guys to stay for another five minutes because I want to I add one scripture to that. I told her we were tag teaming, but I tricked her again. The tag teaming was her doing 90% of it. But I want all the mother, Joanne, I want you to stay. And uh, Jessica, I want you to stay. I told Tito, I said, uh, you guys can sit down. I want to build on this. Uh, first, I want to honor you, and that was a powerful, courageous word. Because you, you said something that I could, I could feel hit the room, which is this. You said many good things. But this is one thing that I felt when you said this. Every mother, every woman could relate to this. That you're so strong for your family that you don't even realize that you're bleeding. But the Lord says it's okay to bleed. 
And I felt that so strong. It's okay. This is a word for you. The Lord says to you, it's okay to bleed. But here's the thing. When you're in superhero mode, you're bleeding, and it will eventually catch up to you if you don't deal with it. Take time to address those wounds. What she didn't tell you was there would be some times where I'm, I, I didn't understand because I've, I've only had, I think, a panic attack one time, and that was medically induced. And I, <laughs> you remember that one, Tiffany. And I, and I, but I don't know what it feels like. There will be times that, like, I'm reading or doing something, she'll come out, like, it'll be real late, and she'll be like this. I'm like, okay. She goes, I just need, those of you who have panic attacks, I just need someone to hold me. And I didn't understand what she was saying, but she felt, she said, I felt like my heart is about to come out of my chest. I've never experienced panic attacks, so I just said, okay. And so on the outside, everything looked normal, but on the inside, something was happening. She felt like she was going to have a heart attack. And there's some of you that you're busy doing the superhero work, but you're bleeding. And you're bleeding because the anxiety has hit you. You're bleeding because you have to be strong. And I love what you said. You don't have to be strong. Because when you're strong in your own strength, you're going to, you're going to feel the sting of that. And several times she had to relinquish those, those superhero and address the, the wounds that she's going through. I want to say something under the spirit of the Lord. Mothers, I don't say this because it's Mother's Day, but I want to tell you, you guys blow us away, man. I mean, <laughs> waking up early, taking the kids to school, most of the time it's the moms. I ain't saying the dads don't do that, okay? But she's the one who wakes up early, takes the kids to school, then goes to work. She's the one who cooks, because if it's up to me, they get pizza and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. She cooks. She's the one that is more understanding. I'm the disciplinarian. I admit that. So my boys go to her. And I understand that. I understand that. But I have two boys that are serving the Lord. And sometimes you just have to hear me when I say this, ladies, mothers. It's okay to be selfish to heal you. Because you don't see it on the outside, but the inside you're making this, you're doing that, you're creating this, and you're always on the go, go, go. And like you said, she was bleeding. And I saw something about the Lord that I, when she showed me that video, because she practiced on me, and unfortunately I interrupted her, I got, and she got mad at me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not trying to tell you Revelation. I'm just, that's good. Let me tell you this, right? I just, um, but she showed me that video, and suddenly this is the scripture. I, I, there's two scriptures that came to my mind. In the animal kingdom, now, I want you to hear this because I'm going to end with this. I'm not saying we're animals, okay? But in the animal kingdom, the protector is the mom. You say, what? The, the male lion comes in. He's the authority figure. He's the power. He gets it, you know, and he 
commands, right? But if you study the animal kingdom, some lions kill even the other babies to get rain. But who goes out and does the first hunting? Who's the one that protects? You saw that bird? That bird was saying, I'm going to die getting run over because I'm protecting my kids to my death. And it was squawking. It was covering her wings. Everybody say wings. And then I started, something, I started seeing something about the Lord that I never saw. That the Lord is, please hear me now. I'm not trying to be weird. Is very motherly. We only see the Lord as fatherly. You say, where is that in scripture? Matthew 23, verse 37. Put it up there. This is when Jesus is coming to Jerusalem and he's weeping. Listen, over his people, he's crying. He's seeing his people in disarray. Watch what he does. Watch what he says. From a distance, he's crying. So imagine Jesus looking at a bunch of people that are not serving him. And he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets. He's weeping as he's saying this. And stones those who sent her. Watch this. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Who's saying this? The Lord. How how, how often that I wanted to gather you and protect you, but you were unwilling. See, your house is left to your desolate. Look at the next verse. So I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know what that reminds me of? We quote this all the time, but when she said this video, because there's a special reward for the protectors of the house, God sees the, the mamas, that they're protective and sometimes us men don't understand is because their instinct is to protect first. Men's instinct is to go first. We go, they wait and protect. That's why I said, if Jonathan's not playing, I ain't going to be here. I don't want to see other kids. I want to see my son. But the lesson is this. She had to relinquish fear and anxiety. And I want to hear, I want to touch on that as we pray. Because the number one root of all her problems was anxiety and fear about what was going to happen that had not happened yet. The scares, the pressure, the busyness. And you know what that scripture reminds me of? We quote it all the time. Let's quote it together. Psalm 91. How many of us, that's probably one of my favorite psalms. Psalm 91, right? It shows you the dual nature of God, the Father and the Nurturer. I want you to know that our God, where do women get this from? From the Lord, because it's His nature. It's the Lord's nature to protect. It's the Lord's nature to to cover and say, no, 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 no. Watch this, watch this. You moms could relate. At the expense of you bleeding. You're drowning but everyone else is okay. God sees you. But God says, let's get up together. You don't have to drown while everybody else lives. Ooh, that's a good word. 
you don't have to drown privately while everybody else lives. That's That's a lie. Psalm 91, let's read it together. He who dwells, come on, in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. We're talking about the Lord here. Look at verse 4. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Under his feathers. He's very masculine, but he has a nurturing, fatherly, motherly nature that he wants you to know. So I want to end it with this. I want you to close your eyes. I purposely just wanted the you know, the men up here, because I, I really want even my leaders to listen to this. You don't have to bleed anymore. You don't have to go 100 miles an hour anymore. I just, I want to pause because I feel this from the Lord. I want to call a, a challenge first to all the men in this room and all the husbands. I want you to see the great sacrifices that your wife makes without telling you. I want you to see the great struggles that they do just to make the home happy. Sometimes the men, yes, we're providers, but we forget that most of the time, the kids, most of the time are, are with the women. Most of the time. I want you to honor, honor your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. This is a recalibration to say thank you, mom. Thank you to my wife who holds it down. And then next, I want to speak to those, lastly, who are bleeding internally. I feel it so strong. You're bleeding, and the, the majority of your bleeding is your anxiety and your fears. Your fears of, I don't see my child serving the Lord as he should, or he's a wayward child, or I don't have enough money, or I don't know how to lead anymore, or I have so much on my plate. I got my job, I got my family, I got my ministry. The Lord says, today, I want to heal your bleeding. I hear the Lord saying, you're not going to bleed anymore. You don't have to bleed anymore. Surrender your fears. Surrender your anxieties to the Lord. You may want to do even now like my wife did. She took a chair. She said, Lord, you're in that chair. I can't do it anymore. I want to call for the mothers first of all that feel like you're bleeding you're going 100 miles an hour your life is turned upside down yet you're smiling yet you're pouring out yet you're here but you feel like your world is falling apart you're not alone 
God is going to strengthen you. Oh, I hear this. I hear, Listen, I hear this so loud. Please hear this. If you don't get anything, get this. I just saw a picture, and I heard the Lord say, tell the moms. <laughs> tell the moms that for years they've been bleeding and they've been covering their family with their feathers, but now it's their turn to come under my feathers. I hear the Lord's, like, that, picture that bird. Picture that bird in the video. Now picture a really big bird saying, hey, it's your turn. Come under my wings. Woo, God. Oh, God, I feel that, Lord. The Lord says, mamas, come under my wings. You've been doing it by yourself in your own strength for so long. Come under the Father's wings. That's you. I just want you to to come up on the altar. We're just going to gently minister to you. If you're in this place, you're like, I just need to deal with this bleeding and I need to deal. I need to, I need to have the Father cover me because I've been covering so many. It's okay. Listen, listen. This is a word for you not to be strong. Do you feel anything? for you because there's so many times as moms where we feel guilty for just receiving this is the time for you to not feel guilty but to just receive what the Lord has for you today so Lord I just thank you God I thank you that you meet us in our weakness I thank you Lord that you made us strong, but you are stronger. And you are our strength in that time of trouble. You are our strength when we are weak. You are our strength when we are empty. So Lord, I just pray for moms right now and I encourage them, Lord, that what you've put inside of them, Lord, that they would stay strong. That they would stay strong and stand firm. And that they would see with their eyes, the blessings, the promises, God, that they would not see what's around them, God, but they would focus, Lord, on your promises, God.
Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.